So the date is the 30th of October 2012. I'm here talking to composer Frank Corcoran. Frank, you have a new work coming up uh, for performance by the RT National Symphony Orchestra and violinist Alan Smale this Friday. Tell me about that work and the background behind it. I composed the violin concerto to prove to myself that I could do it. I was afraid I couldn't do it. I'm not a violinist. I've never handled a violin in my life. I dislike them intensely if they're even just a little bit off, <laughs> the microtones and the scrapes and the glisses and all that. But uh, So it was, it was dynamite for me. But I knew I had to write this, and I had to write a work for this wonderful solo instrument and the full orchestra. Now, the main principle is sing. It has to sing. It has to lift off, and it's the soloist. The orchestra takes a backseat. The orchestra is helping, is supporting, and it is uh, mostly background. You're mentioning about having to write a work, you know, needing to write the work. Um, does that put added pressure on you as a composer when, when, when you feel that this is one of the pieces that you have to write? And, and I'm presuming that you've been thinking about this for, for a number of years running it through in your head? This violin concerto has been maturing for a long time, probably longer than I consciously know. And the idea was to, um, I won't say it's conservative, but it's a very straight work. It's just three movements, fast, slow, fast. Uh, it has no aleatory counterpoint, none of my macro counterpoint. It's very straight, the grid, the metric, the barred music. It's um, The orchestra is lighter than I would normally use. There's no tuba. The percussion on Friday night will just have to tame themselves and tone themselves down a bit. Uh, there's a harp in the slow movement, which is one of the sweetest movements I've ever written to prove to myself that I too can sing. This this notion of of singing and and lyricism um is is that informed by the 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 model of the violin concerto and the 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 19th century kind of ideal of a of a violin concerto and all of those sort of great works the Beethovens right. the Brahmses the Mendelssohns Near the end of the 19th century, the great Berlin violinist Josef Joachim, he said, he said, look, in our century, 19th century, we have four great violin concertos. He says we have the, uh, the, the, the Brahms, which is the noblest, the Max Bruch, which is the most kitschy. He said the Beethoven, which is the greatest. And he said the Mendelssohn, which is the sweetest. Well, that's Joachim. So I had to. That's all there in mind, too. Not that I write any kind of neo-Mendelssohnian uh, slop, but it's, it's, it's there, plus, of course, Alban Berg. There's, there's also Ligeti, a uh, great man and great Hamburg colleague of mine. Uh, there's none of Ligeti now in mine, but there is the example, there's the moral example of how to get that solo instrument to, to sing, to soar, to ascend, and then to descend. And Lutus Lasky, I know he didn't write a violin concerto, but he wrote a lot of pieces for violin and orchestra, the whole chain series. And I've, uh, I mean, for Lutus Lasky is the second twin giant for me. He, with Ligeti, the two of them in the 20th century, particularly the, those two, both of whom I knew tangentially. 
And Ludoswavsky, of course, I did learn macro, counterpoint, aleatory from him. There's none of that in this concerto, which is a fairly simple work. Uh, I don't want to be labeled uh, neoconservative, not that at all, but it's a, it's a, the movements are fairly short, just three movements. The orchestra is a bit lighter. Uh, it's very barred, it's very metered music. And, uh, but it, of course, I take in the colors from Ludoswavsky too. In this violin concerto, I think it works very, very well. The central auron lead canto uh, of the slow movement, and then the the first movement, which exposes everything, uh, which I mean, it's all highly tightly, tightly unified work, and the very short third movement, which is a fast semiquavers kind of a thing, a rocket movement to to uh, to get the whole thing moving towards its end, and then just before the end there's a tiny little rookblick, the Germans say, a little uh, blending back to get a tiny little look at the first and the second movement again, and it works very well. But this violin concerto then, interesting, it has spawned off a huge work from me, which I'm uh, still wrestling with, a cello concerto, which is twice as long, which is half an hour long, that's for me long, uh, four huge movements and a much bigger orchestra. So it's very interesting that out of the violin concerto has come also a cello concerto, which I always wanted to write. Yes, and I remember you saying this way, way back, I think back in 2004, that this was one of the things that you you, you wanted to write. So you've gotten around to, to writing that work or in the process of writing it. I'm delighted that finally, yes, the, from the violin concerto, as I say, comes the, the cello concerto. The cello, of course, is a, is a baritone, it's a tenor, it's a bass, it can be the highest soprano. And um, uh, the one, the, they use actually the same kind of material. It's very interesting. I think it will be when it's, when it's played uh, to compare the two. Now, they're not in any way, it's not derivative from the violin concerto but it's a life's ideal. I'm delighted. Would I be right in saying that you haven't written any concertos in the past? So this, the violin concerto, it's not only your first in that it's your first violin concerto, it's, it's your first concerto. It's my very first concerto. It, it and the cello concerto might be my last. I don't know. I'm not sure if I could ever write a, a piano concerto. That's, that's a big one, maybe for the future or maybe not. I just don't yet know. And, of course, another work I would love to do, like the Brahms uh, Alto Rhapsody, of course, I mean, I've written soprano orchestral songs, but I would love to write something for the, the alto voice and orchestra. Just going back to the, to the violin concerto it's itself and, y you know, your, your approach to writing it and how you wrote it, um, again, you mentioned that you have been thinking about this for many, many years. It's been swirling around your subconscious mind. When you actually went down, you know, sat down to actually write it, did, did that process happen quite quickly or, or was it over a longer time span? Um, I write most of my works, including the bigger works, quite quickly. I wait a long time and then resin the bow and then the ink flows. And this happened quite quickly. I said, okay, I got my little material, my ABC. Uh, we won't go into technicalities here with this talk, but 
the second movement, the sweetest one, as I say, that I've ever composed, I think, uh, it just flowed. And out of that came the first movement, which is longer. It's about, a can't remember how many minutes. And then the short third movement was a logical conclusion. Mm. So it wrote itself. And when you say you write quickly, how, just a matter of interest, how quickly did you write it? Well, I would, if you give me a month, two months, I will have a lot of the solid core of a work. And then, of course, the, you're polishing up, then three, four months, polish it up and so on. And also quite good is to leave it in uh, the fridge for a bit of a, for a while and then come back and uh, put the last snots upon it. <laughs> the last dusting of icing sugar. Yes, <laughs> or indeed salt. <laughs> well, in this case, I think, it, given that it's about sweetness, I think definitely icing sugar. I think so, but I hope not too sugary. <laughs> as, as to future works that you have coming up, future projects, you have a, another chamber orchestra piece that's um, going to be premiered in the States next year, next March. Uh, well, tell me about that work. This is my newest work, uh, and I call it Variations on Myself. Uh, because I get the little six notes on which the whole thing is built out of the uh, letters of my name, Fran Sis Corcoran. I get an F and I get a, a, a D, which is R, re in Italian. I get an A, A. I get a Sis from the German, which is C sharp. I get an E flat and I get a C, so Francis Corcoran. So it's, it's, uh, that is me. I mean, I am Francis Corcoran. And these are variations on myself for single uh, wind quintet and strings. So it'll be a, quite different to the violin concerto because here I do have my macro aleatory again. The strings are very strict. They keep the grid the, the metered music, but the five beautiful solo uh, woodwind, they, they float and they have their own tempi. So it's, it's a wonderful balance of the metered and the non-metered. And will that um, theme that's derived from your name, will it be in, in, you know, in the tradition of, of Shostakovich and yes. <laughs> find its way into other works in the future, perhaps? It's quite certainly. I mean, Mr. Bach himself was not above using B-A-C-H, and Mr. Shostakovich and Mr. Berg with his uh, Schoenberg and A-B, and uh, there's a lot of them, and Schumann, and uh, uh, even a stern Hanslickite as Johannes Brahms were not above using F-A-E, frei aber einsam, as a kind of a motto. So this is very old. Uh, and of course, Sean O'Reilly's Hercules Dux Ferrari goes back to the, the Renaissance uh, work. So this, this with us composers, is a, it's a game, but it, you can get very serious with it, as I think Bach also did, uh, because it's variations on myself. <laughs> 